Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I'm the host of the show. And together with a wide range of legendary leaders themselves and experts in the field of self-leadership, we are going to explore concepts and ideas that show you how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage you to becoming a legendary leader yourself with far more natural impact, influence and inspiration. So are you ready for it? Well, welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. I am so delighted to have you back here on the show today and to listen with me to another wonderful episode with an amazing and I would say very, very different guest than the guests I welcomed you on the show before. Her name is Bunny Young. And the best way to introduce her is probably to say stunt woman slash model turned serial entrepreneur. But not just serial entrepreneur, Bunny is full of purpose, full of intention. She is deliberate about every day. And why is that the case? She really identified that purpose is everything in life. And it doesn't mean that you have to define your purpose right away. And that is it. It means, and we're going to talk about that in more detail, it evolves. But every day you approach in a far more intentional way. And you don't just approach it in a way where you say, okay, I'm going to serve others. You serve yourself. You look after yourself. You do the things that really give you energy. And she truly, truly lives that. Where does it come from? Well, she's going to talk to us about it. One of those challenges she has experienced from a very early age on was that she was diagnosed with a very difficult heart disease. And I would bet there are quite a few people who get this diagnosis and feel really disheartened afterwards. And by all means, uh, I would absolutely understand why that was the case. Not so much for Bunny, though. She did something completely different, turned her life around. And how she did that, she's going to share with us today, amongst other topics such as unicorns and mermaids, or why it is very satisfying to eat out of a Nutella glass with a spoon, for example. But <laughs> on a more leadership topic, we're also going to talk about management and why, for example, Bunny is very open about saying it's not my core strength to manage people. What does that actually Actually mean? And why is it that her team is actually the biggest success factor to her business? So how does that all fit together, right? So all of these topics and many, many more we are going to talk about in a moment. So I hope you're going to enjoy this episode very much. And I'm looking forward to hearing all your feedback about it. Speak to you in a moment. Let's kick it off. Let's do this. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. Here's the introduction. A unicorn and a mermaid walk into a bar and they decide to record a podcast. Here we are. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> But who are you? The unicorn or the mermaid? Not that it really matters. I think I identify as a mermacorn. So I'm just going to say yes and. <laughs> How come? So I guess. It's a mermaid and a unicorn walk into a bar, have a baby, then record a podcast. <laughs> I'm definitely the, the caller that you hear is my service animal. So I have, uh, and also the drinking. So he's throwing the tantrum right now in this, in the second room that happens to be my office. I receive energy from the beach and being around the water I grew up in Southern California. And so absolutely everywhere that I've ever lived has been coastal. 
And I learned the power of being very specific with your purpose, because I said I wanted to go to school somewhere with a beach. And I went to school in a place in the States called Tucson, Arizona, which is a desert. So it's one gigantic beach, no ocean. And I say I'm a unicorn because the quickest way to have me do something is to say, I can't do it. And so that, that belief in myself, I wish there to be more and more and more unicorns out there, Mm. but being able to have a life that I love, a family that I adore, and also be able to grow companies that help others. I mean, I, I would not be in business if it wasn't for my team. I do what I do each and every day so that they can take care of their families. And the more that I, more time I spend speaking and traveling and, and going around and learning more about humans, I learned that humans don't really value themselves as much as they deserve to. And when I have this moment of saying how valuable I believe my, I am, society tends to look at it as insta-perfect or, you know, I, I, you're, you're so cocky. And it's not cocky to say, I'm the only one of my kind. I'm a unicorn and that's okay. It's not cocky. It's not selfish. It's not, you know, to, to have a spa day or to say, no, you know, I'm, I hear what I hear a lot is, oh, I know you're busy. I'm not busy. I'm intentional and that's okay. You asked me a great question in our first discussion we have had together. You asked me quite a few great questions, to be honest, in that discussion. One of them was, when was the last time you've dated yourself? Mm. When was the last time you have dated yourself? Mm. This morning. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Honestly, I, I think that saying yes to you and being here is a form of self care for me is dating myself. I lit a candle when I came into my office Mm -hmm. um, and created a space that I wanted to be in and didn't rely on anybody but myself to create that space. And this morning I went riding horseback riding. And that is something that for me dating And it's not always this way, but for me, dating is falling in love with myself and my life all over again and being able to ride and connect with another being and be fully present with myself and share that space with another being fully, no phones, no distractions, no concerns, except for falling and busting my butt. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I'm not concerned about that until it happens. Um, and it happened today. We, it did happen today. That to me is dating because it's an intentional time to set aside for the pure and sole purpose of falling deeper in love with this person. And in this case, this person is me. And if I wake up one day and I don't love myself, I could not possibly serve my family powerfully. I could not possibly serve my clients powerfully. I could not possibly serve this, your beautiful and amazing audience powerfully. Mm. And I believe, I know, I feel, I sense that the secret that's not a secret to success is to start with that self-love. Yeah. 
and to know that you're created for a higher purpose. No matter what your spiritual alignment is, you are created for a higher purpose. And the only evidence that you need in order to prove that is that you're here. You woke up this morning. And so your work is not done on earth. And I don't mean work in a J-O-B. I mean, your work in the impact that you have in others' lives, which is impossible to do. And it's not capable to do unless you pour your own self-love in and fill your cup. Loving this. (laughs) However, how do you know when you wake up in the morning as to whether you are in love with yourself or as to whether you don't or you are not? Every single day, it's a commitment. Mm. My cup can run, runneth over. And I'm sure we've all had those days and then awful, horrible things happen. So I love to be able to make a daily commitment. Here's something that I heard. A hundred percent is easy. 90% is hard because it's that 10% of, is this going to be the 10% that I don't, or I do. And so I go a hundred percent every day. And I don't mean a hundred percent running myself ragged. I wake up and have my habits, my rituals, and my commitments to be a hundred percent to myself and know without, with beyond the shadow of a doubt that that makes me a better everything else. And so that's my commitment. And so it's not a, for me, it's not a question of knowing of, you know, is my tank full or is my tank empty? My awareness is that I'm going to get up. And if we're using a car analogy, I'm going to drive some kind of mileage. So there's going to need to be some kind of refill. So I just assume that every day that I'm awake, that the more I pour into myself, the more capable I am of giving back to the world. And you know this from our conversation, but I have a heart condition. And so being able I fully believe and know, and so many other things that I have more life. I've extended my diagnosis, my prognosis, I guess I'm asking what English word would be appropriate prognosis, what German word would be appropriate. Um, Because I've chosen to pour life into myself, love into myself belief into myself and recognize that I have a purpose. I believe that I have extended my life expectancy and will continue to extend my life expectancy. There's a saying of a body in motion stays in motion. And I believe the same is true of purpose. Do tell us more about purpose. Everything I've seen and heard about you so far was strongly connected to purpose. And that's one of the key topics you also talk about a lot in your talks. So what does purpose actually mean to you? And how did you get to understand what your purpose, your higher purpose in life really is? That's a really, really great question. And I'll let you know when I get there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a journey. It's an exploration. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of you listening, I started my first company when I was 17. I couldn't even file for my own SEC. I'm a third generation entrepreneur, and it was more along the lines of following the paths that opened and felt good. And then I think I evolved into 
feeling aligned. And I had this pattern. I still have this pattern of starting a company, growing a company. And then when it got to a certain point and I had a team uh, that was a certain size, I would sell the company because it wasn't in alignment with me to be an adult babysitter. And that's not to say that managers are adult babysitters, but I just, it's not what I'm good at. That's not my purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I was aware of that. And so I also became an EMT because I felt a calling to serve people and to help people. And I remember standing at the hospital doors because when you're an ambulance, I've never been an ambulance, but when you're an EMT, the ambulance pulls up to these glass double doors and the doors open and you wheel the people, the the individual in, and then the nurses and doctors and amazing people take over. And then the sliding glass doors close and you go to the next call. And that moment of the sliding glass doors closing felt horrible to me. I was just a part of a person's worst day of their life, or if they're giving birth to a baby, the best day of their life. And I had absolutely no closure. And so that led me into social services and being a therapist because I wanted to go beyond the glass doors. And then I was sitting across from somebody being a a therapist in an office and in the States, the most common therapy that we have uh, for mental health counseling is CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I remember listening to people week after week, talk about all of the things they were unhappy about, and then not being able to take an action plan Mm. and have real accountability to that action plan. So I went to my supervisor and I said, I can't sit in this space anymore. It's to the point where I don't, I don't care. It's not that I don't care about the person. It's that I don't care about this business model of keeping people sick so I can continue to get a paycheck. I want to help them. And I also don't like sitting on my butt in an office. And it just happened that. So, so when you're listening to this, the, the pattern is I kept saying, I'm not in alignment with this. I don't like this. This is the part that I do like. And so my supervisor said, well, my husband is a brain surgeon of all things, but he's also really heavily into horsemanship and he wants to do what's called equine assisted therapy is a very new thing at the time. And I don't like horses. My, my supervisor is telling me this. I don't like horses. So why don't you go do equine assisted therapy with him? So we developed a lot of programs. We're not the founders of equine assisted therapy, but we developed a lot of programs for equine assisted therapy. And then one of the participants happened to be an executive of a fortune 50 company and took us into, will you come do this with our, with my team, my corporate team? And I was like, um, you want to bring your team to therapy? Not that I don't think that a lot of people in high executive positions need therapy, but it's really weird to ask to bring your team for group therapy. And that evolved into equine assisted learning EAL. And so we developed programs for doctors to improve bedside manner. We developed programs for business executives. We, and and we started teaching them in universities for the next generation. And the last part of that evolution was that I moved from therapist to coach because I felt like coach extended the walls to be able to help people take aligned action, not just be given a diagnosis and stop there. 
but to say, if you do want a better life, having a diagnosis is information, but having that aligned action plan, that's a purpose. And if I tell you that you have clinical depression, you don't necessarily want to get out of bed any day. And knowing that you have clinical depression, we can have tools to be able to say that doesn't define you. That doesn't go on your business card. That's still, it doesn't mean that's who you are. That just means that that's a part of you. And so I felt like the coaching and I still do equine assisted learning and retreats help me open that up. And that's the message that, you know, when I did my Ted talk and when I stand on, on stages, that's the message that I shared. And I know Kathleen is going to throw the 10 seconds in here. So I'll throw it in there. I did spend a year in China as a professional stunt woman. And I will tell you, (laughs) I learned a lot and how I applied it to business was the value of having a, a support team and risk analysis depending on others, and also having a safety net. Well, so many questions on my end. Thank you, first of all, for sharing so openly about your past and how you got where you are right now. I still think there are a few more steps in between that clearly had or potentially had an impact on you. We get back to that in a moment. But first of all, if you are like me, you may not know what equi-assisted learning or therapy uh, stands for what's behind it. Could you just elaborate a little bit more on that? I have a degree in it and I'm still not quite sure. I go out to a ranch and I play with horses. So horses have been around for 5 million years. And the idea is that, especially for companies, that we bring companies, uh, teams out to the ranch and we teach them the importance of functioning together and nonverbal communication and trust Think about it like a ropes course, but with an accelerated biofeedback or energy feedback. When you go to a ropes course, there's people on your team that are naturally more athletic. Yeah. And so they tend to excel. And when you go to do a team building activity, there's a hierarchy just naturally because some people are managers, some people are C-suite and all of that. When you go to the ranch, that hierarchy disappears. Because with horses, with herds, they don't have the, the hierarchy. There is an alpha mare, but I, that's like a whole other podcast that I could explain horses to you. But most people, when they show up at the ranch, they have zero knowledge of my horses. And so everybody is on a level ground and there's no riding. And a lot of humans show up and expect to go on a trail ride. And they don't take into account the thousands of hours that goes into building trust with that horse in order to put a piece of heavy leather on their back and let a predator jump on their back and take them for a ride. So just to put it into perspective, a horse is a prey animal and a human is a predator. And so it's like having a lion jump on your back and ride you around. And so that speaks as humans to our expectations and our assumptions And it gives us the most unique and powerful and transformational experience that I've had anywhere in the world. And I've lived, had the opportunity to live in amazing places of just being able to take the human factor out of it and learn from beings that have been functioning 
well together for 5 million years. So equine assisted learning is equines are horses, zebras, donkeys, Mm -hmm. that that's what an equine is. But for the sake of that uh, particular program, it's horse assisted learning. And, and as far as the, the two second answer to what you asked about purpose is purpose is to continue saying yes to the things that bring you more vibrancy and more pleasure in life and are calling to you and know to the things that are draining you of energy. And you are someone who is very much in tune with your purpose. I am encountering um, a lot of individuals who are not yet, who are on the search, who know something has got to change, but they don't know where to start, how to start. And one thing I often hear is, yeah, it sounds all good, but I need to pay my mortgage and I need to do that. And that gets in the way. So how would you support those people who throw into these obstacles? You can edit this part out. Get diagnosed with a heart condition. Mm. (laughs) It changes your perspective really quickly on what you actually need to do versus life. Yeah. And you know, you don't need to pay a mortgage. There are alternative ways to live. Agreed. There's a lot of things. There's, there's this lens that you have currently while you're listening to this of what you need to do, of what you should be doing, of what you have to be doing. And if you removed all of those words of the need should have to, and replace them with choose, want to, will, am. Does it sound the same? I walked out of that doctor's office and made the, the choice. I said, I have, I have two, two choices. I can survive or I can thrive. And it was like getting a blank check written to do what I wanted with my life. But here's the, here is the reality is you don't need a heart condition. You don't need a cancer diagnosis. So many times in life, you can read, you can pick up any self-help book. And there's this transformational moment that this person has where they realize that life is too short to keep being unhappy. Yeah. Just fast forward to that realization without the awful, horrible diagnosis and realize that this is your life and you've been given it for a purpose. I think one of the biggest motivations for me is to model to my children that it's not about happiness. It's about purpose. And my husband's in the military and my dad was in the military. My grandfathers were in the military and I have military clients that I work with about purpose. And Mm -hmm. one of the first things that they teach you in, in the military is to completely forget that you have any identity as a self that you're a part of this bigger cause and that's defending the freedom and safety of our country and of all the citizens. And, and if you have the opportunity to sit with a service individual and see how dedicated they are to that purpose, what if that was your dedication to yourself? What if I sat you down in a room right now and said, forget everything that you've ever been told about who you should be Forget that your second grade teacher told you that you sucked at singing. Forget all of those social norms that tell you your butt's too big, your butt's too small, all of those things. And I told you that the only thing that matters, the only thing is your safety and your freedom, not happiness, 
Because in the U.S., we have the right to the pursuit of happiness. It is not given to us. We have the right to pursue happiness, but freedom and safety. And even then, our safety is our responsibility. And what I mean by that is that coming from a person who's been sexually assaulted, I don't blame myself for, for being, I made choices. I understand that I don't blame myself, but the psychological safety that was afterwards and continues is my responsibility. Something that happened in a span of, I don't know, 18 minutes, whatever. I'm probably giving him way too much credit, but it's something that happened, you know, in that short amount of time. Also, I gave it decade of my life. And so my psychological safety is my choice. I choose my safety. I've got to ask you that question. When you experience all these things that you have experienced, mm -hmm. right? The, the heart condition, being sexually assaulted, for example, these are real challenges. They can be really, really traumatizing. And you said before, and you chose in the moment when you received the uh, diagnosis that you want to live this life of freedom, basically. You made this deliberate choice. How do you do that? Yeah. What drives you in that moment? How do you get to that point where you say, hey, this is what I'm choosing? All the things that happened, if they hadn't happened, Kathleen, I wouldn't be able to sit here and share my story with you and your audience. It wouldn't be the same story, right? Like it would be some person that grew up in Southern California and maybe did some stuff. Yeah. The freedom is, is internal. It's my spirit. It's my mind. It's my faith. Bad things happen and how you respond to them is your choice. I am petrified that my daughters will experience what I experienced mm -hmm. And I can choose to live every single day petrified that that's going to happen. Or I can choose to enjoy the moments that that's not happening to them. And I can choose to model what safe decisions look like as far as physical protection and mental protection and spiritual protection, yeah. and also give them really healthy models of strength. And that's what, to me, freedom is. Freedom is the ability to make the choice. It, it's not necessarily the right choice. I don't always make the right choices. When I say everything happens for me instead of to me, my rape happened for me to be able to sit here in front of a microphone and share with you that all of the things, all the success, all the companies, all the jobs that my life has been able to provide to others is because of the really difficult things that I went through and the really incredible things that I went through and will continue to go through. And there come, there, there are days, please, when you're listening to this, hear me that there are days that I wake up and it's like, I know that in whoever your higher power is, 
I know that God has never gives me more than I can handle, but dang, it would be nice if he didn't have so much freaking credit in me some days. <laughs> and I also look back at every single thing that I've been through and I'm like, bring it. Like there, there's nothing. I gave birth to two of the most brilliant beings on the face of this planet. And they're the reason that I was brought into this world was to, to give birth to this next generation. And they continue to make me a better human. Mm-hmm. And so on my worst days, I know that the night is darkest before the dawn. And I can choose to sit in the bottom of my well and not feel great and to cry and cuddle with my great Dane. And I allow myself, I'll be honest with you. I allow myself those times because that's very cleansing. It's very healing. And I have been through a lot of trauma in my life. Mm-hmm. And I also know just like eating Nutella with a spoon straight out of the jar, that there is a time <laughs> to stop, <laughs> put the Nutella away, not judge myself for eating the Nutella, not hide the spoon from anybody, but know that Dawn's coming and that I have two of the most beautiful blessings in the world. And I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason and it's not done yet. And I'm pretty sure it's not to eat Nutella with a spoon out of a jar, but I have no judgment for myself around that. Fantastic. Did that answer your question? I really just feel like we had a Ted talk and I'm not sure I answered it. (laughs) You did answer it. And, you know, the only word that came up for me was what a warrior. These are three words, obviously. But my goodness, the strength that came out of you here combined with ease. And I can see you, obviously. I don't just listen to you. I can see you. And I have this calm that I receive from you. And um, I find that very cathartic, I have to say. You know what? I'm going to share with you a secret and everybody that is listening a secret. It's very easy to be you. What's difficult is to not be you. Mm. Yeah, it's hard work, isn't it? It's really hard work. And and so many people seem to struggle with being you. That feel I have to bend out of shape as soon as I go to work, for example. Or I am definitely in a teller glass or sp- go directly in with the spoon buddy um, here. And I used to judge myself really badly for it. Now my other half and I, we are excited about it. We don't do it often. Once a quarter, it happens, right? But when we do it, we're like, ooh, we both got a glass. How amazing is that? So this has changed. But That's a quarter, it's a quarter a week, right? I'm just clarifying. No, you're not, you're not meeting like once every three months. You're meeting like once every four days, no, right? No, it's not that often anymore. <laughs> I've read too much about what's in it. So I became a bit more mindful of it, but I enjoy it even more when I do. But the European Nutella is so much better. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is indeed. But you know what? It took me some time even to be cool about doing that and to be okay with that and not kind of having those stories in my head that someone is going to judge me now. Or you look fatter already just because you had, uh, you know, a few spoonfuls of Nutella. But there are a lot of people out there who would still feel judged. Yeah. And there are cultures where, I mean, I was a model for a hot minute. And I remember the day that they told me, uh, they asked me to get my hip bones shaved because 
I, I literally, I was, it, I, if you guys can see me, which you can't, I was 50 pounds less than I am today and I couldn't lose any more weight. And so they asked me to get my hip bones shaved. And I remember crying and thinking I am so fat. And one of my, the most uh, beautiful African-American models of the world looked at me and said, there are so many places where skinny is ugly. Mm -hmm. And so this is just what society is telling us right now. And it's going to change. Yeah. And I watched what she went through being told so many horrific things about not being beautiful. And to this day, she's still one of the most incredibly gorgeous individuals on the face of this planet. And she hasn't had her, had her hip bone shaved and neither have I. Well done. I'd say seriously. Cheers. Gosh, it's, it's incredibly astonishing what you have done in your life and something you literally brushed over before it was, oh yeah, in between, I spent some time in China and I was a stunt woman. So where did that fit in? How did that happen? My then boyfriend told me that he got a contract in China and that I could come with him if we got married because China is a communist country and we couldn't go together unless we got married. Kathleen, I'm not... To this day, not positive that was the actual truth. I think he just wanted to get married. So we won't judge him for that because he gave me two beautiful children. And I had modeled for a while. And so they said, we'll give you a job because that was my condition. I didn't want to go over there and just be like doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So I actually got three jobs in China. I was a seamstress, a stunt woman, and I taught English. Entrepreneurship is my thing. And so I, we spent the first year of our marriage four times a day with me kissing another man. It was a Bonnie and Clyde type show. And he yeah. was the cop that was chasing Bonnie and Clyde. So me kissing another man, doing a 40 foot uh, face first Australian repel, setting my husband on fire, shooting him with a rocket propelled grenade and blowing up his helicopter, hitting him with a car. It was really great for the first year of marriage. And it was something that I had never, I'd never thought it wasn't in the cards, but it's an example. When you asked me about purpose, it, it's an example of a door opening and saying, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why not? Yeah. Just because it's not something that I thought I was going to do just because it's not something that I planned on doing. You know, I quit my job and I moved to China. I'd never lived in China and he's really hot. So I thought at least I get to spend a, a year with him. And it seemed like a really good opportunity. It also, I really highly encourage everybody listening. Kathleen and I were talking about this earlier to experience other cultures. Yeah. I've lived a lot of other places other than the U S and I love the U S and I'm extremely proud of all of our servicemen and women and individuals that protect the freedoms that we have. And I highly encourage you to experience other cultures, not just, not just visit, but experience other cultures because humans are so incredibly beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, and Tai Chi was something that when I would go on my morning runs, this is an American versus a a 90 something year old Chinese woman. I am running down the beach every single morning. And this woman is standing there going as slow as possible doing Tai Chi. And I'm like, well, she's in better shape than I am. And she's 90 something. 
And so I stopped and I didn't speak a whole lot of Chinese and she didn't speak English. And so she started teaching me Tai Chi. I was sore in muscles. I did not know I had because it's not my, my coach tells me in order to go faster, slow down. Yeah. And so, you know, it goes back to, I'm not busy, I'm intentional. And so my schedule is a Tai Chi form of my calendar. Mm, I'm loving this. And I kind of, not just kind of, I needed to hear this. I say that to my clients quite frequently, go slow in order to go fast. Because I observe that we are rushing through things very often. We may not reflect enough about what really needs our intention and where do we want to, or what do we want to give our intention to as well? Energy is a big topic here as well. Do we sense our energy? Do we know what gives us energy? What takes energy? All of these things. And today I had a day of working with clients who were in this busy mode. Oh my God, it's all happening to me, not for me. Yeah. So um, I kind of needed basically the reflection myself again to go slow in order to go fast. And I I like to put things in my background for meetings that remind individuals of that. Um, I like to, like my cell phone background, I like to change that as reminders. I I really do like to remind my clients that there's the physical, there's the intellectual, there's the emotional, there's the, the spiritual aspects of our beings Mm -hmm. and that being able to access and align all of them Mm -hmm. in this, this is not like woo woo, but this is actual science being able to align all of them at the same time is the most powerful force that you can have. It's the difference between digging a hundred one foot wells and one hundred foot well, go deep, don't go wide. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agree. And therefore also avoid going into something very superficially and not really exploring the depth of it and really feel it and sense it and be right into it, which is excites me just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the last thing I feel compelled to tell you is that, um, when my grandfather passed away, my grandfather's the original American uh, entrepreneur, like in our family. Um, I'm a third generation entrepreneur. I'm sure there's more before us, but he's the original, the OG of entrepreneurship. When he passed away, we are obviously sitting in the front row of this uh, memorial chapel and they brought speakers out because they ran out of seats. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, let me guess that there's 300 seats at, in the side, inside this chapel. I'm not positive, And it doesn't matter for the listeners to actually know they brought speakers outside and they ran out of parking. That's how you measure life. I didn't know 90% of the people that were there and for hours, I feel like it was hours and I was an adult. I, I was pregnant with our first child, but I feel like for hours, people came up to the podium and you and I have both been to those memorials where it's like, so now we'll have their daughter speak, or now we'll have the wife speak. And then like, they're like, does anybody else want to share any mm. words like crickets? Mm. It was hours, Kathleen, mm. of people just sharing about people I didn't know as his, and I was really close to him. And so the impact of your life is not always what you get credit for yeah. in your life. Yeah. You, you have no idea who you're impacting. Yeah. 
Again, stepping into this space with intention is important. How can I really leave a positive impact today? Yeah. What are my intentions? Yeah. I don't quite know how to go uh, or move on to another topic, but something I'm really curious about is the following. Early on, uh, when we started the recording of the show, you mentioned that the team is really one of the key success factors of your success, which, which is fantastic. A few minutes later, you mentioned that you have never seen yourself being like in the zone when it comes to teams. It's not something that you really enjoy doing, managing teams, leading them. You expressed it in a much better way than I just did. So how do you bring these two together? The honesty about, you know, it's actually not my cup of tea, but at the same time, getting obviously the best out of them because you are successful. Yes. Yes. So can, can I bring it back to the horses? Yes, of uh, course. For a tiny bit. So uh, the alpha mare of a herd is not responsible for, she's not the best horse and she is not the fastest or the strongest, but she is, um, it's not elected. She is, uh, promoted, whatever that word might be to that position by being able to consistently demonstrate putting the needs of the herd first. Mm -hmm. That's how she achieves that position. So she's not the CEO, right? Like that's, that is not a human definition of a CEO. Yeah. And alpha mare is the one who consistently demonstrates putting the needs of the herd first. Mm -hmm. I am my company's alpha mare. Mm -hmm. And in business language, I'm the visionary. Yeah. I do two things. I speak and I coach four individuals a year, very powerfully. And I'm very intentional about that. The companies are ran by people who are experts at what they do. So I am a good businesswoman because I do what I'm good at and I stay in my lane. And so so many times in so many of the companies that I grew and I ran, I thought because I was the CEO, it was like this top-down structure and I had to tell everybody what to do. My team does what they do incredibly. And they know that the two things that I do are coach and I speak. Yeah. And then when I need to be the alpha mayor to put the needs of the herd first, We have a conversation about that and we have it consistently. But if you look at my schedule, my CEO time is less than 30 minutes per week. And now it's 30 minutes every other week because my companies need what's in between the six inches in between my ears. That's all they need. And so all we've done for two years is to focus on YouTube and podcasts and speaking. And I wrote four books so that if I die today, that they still have a company and they still have intellectual property and they still have purpose to be able to keep going. What I'm not the best at is telling everybody what to do. Mm -hmm. And so there's me and then there's an operations individual yeah. and then content managers. And, and for each of the companies, they have their own structure, mm -hmm. but I have taken months off when I had my daughter, when I got in my car accident, I've taken months off. And as long as they have what they need and we can plan for it, my companies could run in perpetuity, but they're designed intentionally that way. 
Otherwise, and I, I'm saying this to anybody who has a company or wants to start a company, be very mindful how you start your company, because how you start and how you grow your company is going to be the company that you end up having. And you can either have a company or a very expensive job. Wise, wise words. And I see so many entrepreneurs who are back in the grind. Actually, everything they wanted to avoid by running their own company, they are now doing for various reasons, lack of structure, habit, you know, how do I uh, feel a sense of acknowledgement of achievement, all of these reasons. It's not about me. It's about them. They know that my, my deepest desire is for them to be able to take care of their families and for them to love what they do each and every day. And we have a very open conversation about how I can provide that for them. I'm set. I'm, I'm, I'm good. My family is taken care of, and I feel incredibly blessed to be able to be in that position. And the reason that I continue to do this is so that I can continue to impact those four individuals that I coach Mm -hmm. And I can speak and hopefully this podcast impacts other individuals and that my team can take care of, of their families and continue to feel like they're making an impact. And the last thing that I'll say on that, on that, that came from my grandfather is hire people who are smarter than you. Mm, Yes. How do you do that? Well, when you're me, it's pretty easy. (laughs) Oh, come on. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very good. I, I believe I'm very good at speaking and I believe that I'm very good at work-life alignment coaching and taking individuals belief to the next level in order to truly step into their value. So those are two things that I'm really powerfully in line with my purpose. If you were like, Hey, bunny, go schedule uh, the next 30 days of social media content or manage people, or set Trello updates. I was like, isn't that what you grow or tomatoes on? (laughs) That's a trellis, Bunny. That's a trellis. (laughs) Oh, okay. And, And I also, I want my team to know from the bottom of my heart, I love each and every one of you. And I am so grateful for all of the everything that you do for this world. And even putting me in the seat in front of Kathleen and her audience, you guys make the world a better place. And same to my clients. You guys are really the unicorns. Fantastic. And thank you so much for finishing this conversation with the unicorn analogy again. Uh, it's been such we'll a- all go to the bar. <laughs> or go to the bar. Yes, I would be there. <laughs> uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you again. And uh, something tells me we will talk again pretty soonish. And, yes. and I'd say there are so many other topics we can encourage yes. our listeners with and really talk to them and support them along the way as well. But that has been a fantastic start. Before I let you go, however, I would love to know where people can actually find you, all your messages and information you've got to share. Yes. Well, and also for everybody that's listening with Kathleen, let us know in the comments, let her know in the comments, what other topics would be of service to you because her and I are very much in alignment that we're here for you. We're not here because uh, we, well, we're kind of here because we like to make uh, unicorn jokes, but we're also here in service for you. So the most amount of free resources for you is on my YouTube channel. So search bunny young business therapist, 
hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. of free coaching and resources for you. And then bunnyyoung.com is another wealth of, of resources. I am all about giving anything and everything away for free that I possibly can. And a better place consulting.com also has a time savers. Uh, it's an entrepreneur time savers. that's applicable for anybody. And those are, if you want to know, like <laughs> how I have time to make all my unicorn jokes, I put them all down on a piece of paper for you. <laughs> I can't wait to read them. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I can only highlight the, the resources are incredible and really make you think, at least they made me think a lot. So thank you so much for being so generous with your insights and information. Thank you for being on the show. And I can only um, emphasize, please do leave your comments, uh, how you found the show, but also what you like most about it, what you want to hear more of with us in the comments or via email as well. We are going to share all the um, tools and addresses to connect in the show notes. So thank you very much and speak to you very, very soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Legendary Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then remember to subscribe to the show either on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com. I would also love to hear from you to discover what topics you'd like to hear more about, what topics really resonated with you, and how you're enjoying the show in general. Please do leave your review on iTunes as well. It would mean the world to me. Thank you so much and speak to you again next time. Bye.